With Mother's Day just passing and Father's Day just around the corner, I wanted to open up and share, I guess, somewhat of a Mother's Day story. Hey, uh, what's going on, qualifiers, listeners, guys and gals? This is UN Talk episode number seven with yours truly, your host, Mauricio Hernandez. That's me. And this is going to be a solo episode. The last UN Talk episode that was solo was the first UN Talk episode. That was episode number one back in September 15, 2021. That was when I started the UN Talk segments with Unqualified News. Basically just so that I can have a free open speech, free open forum where I can just talk about anything with anybody. And uh, it, it took off. It was one of my most favorite segments. I love doing it. I love asking people to do it. But in the past uh, couple years, since then, it's just been very difficult with uh, everything that's been going on in my personal life. Uh, even keeping up with uh, unqualified news lately has been pretty tough. However, like I said, I want to bring you guys uh, somewhat of a Mother's Mother's Day story. It's uh, close close to my heart, and um, it came up because Mother's Day just passed, and uh, Mother's Day for me is always uh, a little tough, I guess. You know, didn't didn't grow up with my mom. Uh, I mentioned in the past. Um, you know, last last I saw my mom, you know, I was like nine. And it was in TJ. It was one of those trips where my dad would drive down to TJ and we'd meet up at a mall in TJ. And, uh, you know, my dad would buy me everything and I would spend, you know, a couple hours there with my mom. And I think that was one of the last, very last times that I did see her. Uh, other than that, there's, there's really no, that's it. You know, there's no other relationship. And I mentioned that to somebody that it still bothered me because, uh, you know, I'm 35 years old. Well, I will be 35 years old in June. And it still bothers me to this day that, you know, what happened? You know, did she did she not try to reach out? Um, you know, two sons. She just left two sons and, uh, you know, didn't care. Didn't care about us, just left us. And then the person stopped me. He's like, well, wait, wait. You know, how do you know that that's the, the, the case? How do you know that that's really what happened? How do you know that... She doesn't care. How do you know that she just left you guys? And I said, well, I mean, that's what my dad said. That's what my dad said. My dad said he was, she wasn't taking care of us. And that's the reason why he took us away. I don't know. I'm 35 fucking years old. You know, you don't think I'm so smart. I think I've been through a lot. And, uh, and just then when I said it, I'm like, wait, how do I not know that my dad's not lying about that? How do I really know that that's really what happened? I don't. And, uh, you know, going back and forth, uh, just realizing those type of things, you know, when you're in this deep, like, self-discovery mode. Um, like I mentioned in the past, uh, these uh, UN talk episodes, I want to use them to open up to just be transparent. <clears throat> the guests that I have in the past um, have been. We've sat down, we've cried together, laughed together, got mad together. <clears throat> well, let me get to the point before I start rambling. One of the reasons that I started Unqualified News was because I had this idea of 
I want my son to be able to listen to my voice in the future and learn from me, you know? You know, maybe I'm a little goofy, maybe I may be wrong, but he'll be able to hear me, you know, for hours when I'm long and gone. And I don't want my son to have the same questions when he's 35 years old of, you know, like, did my dad care? Was my dad there? Which is why I flood my Instagram with my son. Which is why I can't stop talking about him all the time. And which is why I'm making this episode right now. My son will be four years old in July 18th. And uh, in the four year span of his life, um, we've been through so much already. And I want everybody to understand that this is all coming from a place of love. Like everything that I say, this is not to ensue anything. This is this is merely for my son to know really what's going on. For me to just jot it down in history. Since I wrote these things down, I've been feeling a lot better, but also just really thinking about him in a more deeper, like, long-term way. And recently I joined a fatherhood community, and uh, I feel like sharing some of these stories do help because a lot of people think that, you know, their story is the worst or nobody can relate. And uh, you'll find out that there's people out there that are going through so much worse than you are. You know, mine's is not that bad. There's people that have way worse situations. And again, I want to stress that this is me opening up. This is me just trying to be more open, transparent, in the hopes that maybe this will hit some ears that will maybe help them change some things that they're doing. And I have this down in almost perfect chronological order. Uh, it took me some hours of going through my Instagram stories and pictures. Um, I take a lot of pictures and I upload many, many, many stories. So I have a story almost every single day for since my son's been born, you know. Um, so a lot of these are from my Instagram stories just to double check on the dates and things like that. Um, it's something that like I mentioned earlier, that I, I consciously started doing because just in case, you know, I, uh, I was in an accident in 2017. I've mentioned it many, many times and I almost fucking died. And after that, I just felt like, you know, wow, like I cannot be here from one day to the next. And it's just like, what am I leaving behind? And then I would see my Instagram and it'd be just <laughs> drinks and things. And then, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yes, this is in chronological order to the best that I could do it. January 29th, 2019. It's a boy. I find out that I'm having a boy. Mateo Salvador Hernandez. June 15th, 2019. We have my baby shower. <laughs> and that was the incredible, most fun time ever. Um, what sticks out the most is my friend, Jose Lazard, passed away. Rest in peace. 
he was there he brought me a bottle of fireball and we we stayed there he was the last person to leave and uh we drank that whole fireball bottle we got so drunk and just had a great time just had had the best time he bought my my son a little onesie a little yeezus onesie june 23rd 2019 childbirth preparation certificate i remember I was very adamant about taking these baby preparation classes. Even though you think that you know, you know what? I know how to change a diaper. I know how to do this. I know how to, no, you're going to learn a lot of little tips and tricks. Uh definitely definitely take take some baby preparation classes. I feel like they they made me feel more confident when my son son was born. July 18th, 2019 at 4:34 p.m. Mateo Salvador Hernandez is born. On July 27th, 2019, about nine days after he was born, we had to go back to the hospital because he was a little too yellow. He had jaundice and uh, he was there for, I think, a weekend. And we couldn't, I remember, we couldn't sleep there, but we could be there with him the whole day except the night. So we would, you know, we would be there the whole day and then left and came back. And that was the first toughest thing ever. And I was crying like crazy. And the doctors were just looking at me like, what's wrong? It's like, it's like, this is going to be okay. This is just, this is like an everyday thing, I guess, you know. And then I looked it up and I was crazy about, I was just, I was just so, I didn't know, you know. I didn't have, I had no knowledge of this. And basically, if you're Asian and you have a lot of Native American in you, you're going to be, you're going to have like this thing called jaundice, which makes, makes your skin yellow. Okay. And, uh, and I'm, I'm what, 45% Native American, says 23 and me. And my son's mother is Filipino. So, so that's like jaundice 101. And that, that I remember being the, the first situation where I was just, I, I, the feelings that I got of helplessness of not being able to do anything for my son. It was, uh, it was tough to see him in that little incubator um, and not being able to take him out, you know? Yeah, that was one of the toughest things. The first toughest thing with my son. November 2019. This is when it starts getting a little, a little gray, I guess. We're living in Pomona. Little shitty apartment in Pomona. Me, my son, and his mom. I mean, you know, it was our little place. You know, it wasn't the best, but it was our little cozy little spot. And, you know, I was 45 minutes from work. Not bad. She was also. But for some reason, uh, you know, she got in her head that she wanted to move to the high desert. High deserts, uh, taking my commute from 45 minutes to four hours. You know, it, it was a tough. It was very tough. It was so tough that I had to call the sheriffs because... It was basically, I'm taking him and that's that, you know? And I call the sheriffs and sheriffs are like, well, she can't take your son. But as she's saying that, you know, it's it's being done. It's done. Shortly after that move, I was driving four hours all the way back home, you know? I would get out of work at 2.30, sometimes not get home until 7. My son's mother quit her job because she couldn't do the drive. I now realize that I was slowly killing myself with that type of lifestyle. I would get home. I would always drink. I would drink so much around that time. And I didn't realize it then. 
But I definitely realize it now that I was just trying to drown myself. And uh, because now I can't even drink that much. I can't even drink that much by myself at, at all, if ever, you know? I drink with friends. And I drink a lot with friends. But it's always happy. It's not subconsciously to try to just forget, you know? Even though I was going there to see my son, sometimes after the four-hour drive, the the nine-hour shift, you know, there's just so much that I have left. And it started getting to the point where I would get home and he'd be locked in, in a room. And, you know, I'd have to get other people involved just to see my son in my own house. And it wasn't my own house. Let me, let me touch on that. Um, let me just take a minute again. Again, I want to mention that this is, this is my, this is my story. This is, this is my story. This is things that have happened to me and my son. And this is only for, you know, informational purposes. This is for you to, to listen, to, to, to gain some knowledge, to maybe if you're a mother, to not go that route. If you're a father, to just stick with it. If you're a father and you've been through something like this, you know how difficult it is. I don't know the perspective of the mother. I don't know. I don't understand why anybody would think that not having a mother or a father is a good thing. Because even though your mother or your father is not good, even though they may not be the best, every, every child deserves to have both. On January 25th, 2020, that would be the worst, the worst day of my life, I guess, to this day. And uh, my son, my son was dropped off the bed or fell off the bed. And uh, he suffered like, he suffered a cracked skull, hematoma, brain, brain was bleeding. And uh, it was during a time when I was at work. It was during a time when I was not there. And I was four hours away. They didn't tell me about it when it happened on Thursday. So I came Thursday night, saw my son briefly after driving four hours, working nine. Saw him, he was kind of sleepy, looking. And I kissed him, I'm like, hey baby, kissed him. And then he was rushed off to bed. He's like, oh, I gotta put him to sleep, I gotta put him to sleep. I'm like, really, okay, okay. I I remember vividly, remembering that that's kind of weird you're never just like okay i gotta put him to sleep but today you do hmm. next friday i'm going to work and you know it's 7 30 i just got into work or so and i get a call saying that they're rushing my son to the emergency room because like he's not okay you know that he's not like conscious after that day, basically, that was it. I knew that I couldn't trust, I couldn't trust. CPS investigated everything and they deemed it to be an accident. They didn't ask me anything because I wasn't present. So it was just, just the family members there orchestrated whatever they said happened. October 2019, first unqualified news episode. And it made me feel so free. It made me feel like 
like I had a voice, like I can just express myself because I've been so just beamed down. March 2020, COVID-19 starts. The big pandemic, right? By June 2020, I was already sleeping in a sunroom up there in the high desert. It's a little uninsulated room on the side of the house. Connected to the house, but not really. If you know what a sunroom, it's not insulated. It's just, it was bad sleeping on the floor and the high desert has the biggest roaches I've ever seen. <clears throat> I remember thinking that there's, this is somewhat of a torture, you know, sleeping on the floor with bugs. I remember waking up one time and there was a fucking giant roach crawling on me. <laughs> And uh, I couldn't, couldn't go back to sleep that whole night. I couldn't go back to sleep that whole night. And I remember going to sleep every time thinking there was going to be a roach there. And that's torturous. That's torturous. And I say that because everything that happens to me, I am grateful for it. I'm grateful for it because... It just makes me stronger. Not just me, you too. Everything that you've been through really makes you who you are now. I remember in July, it was like late July, 2020, they uh, sat me down at the dinner table. My son's grandma, my son's mom, my son's grandpa. And they sat me down and it was a serious conversation about them asking me to give up Mateo for adoption to them. They were trying to explain to me how it would be more beneficial for my son if I gave him up for adoption to her and her husband because when they passed away, he would be fine with a pension or some type of money that he'd get when they would pass away. And I feel like I was in Black Mirror. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I don't know if anybody in my shoes would have done that, you know. But I, never, never in a million years for all the money in the world would I ever do that. Never will I ever be able to live with myself. And just, just the thought of it is just, I, just the thought of it is just, I can't. Late July, I would say, right after that, very shortly after that, that was it. I couldn't be there anymore. I had to move back in with my stepmom and my brothers and sisters back to L.A., which made it a lot harder for me to see my son. Around August, I was allowed to see Mateo in front of their house up in the high desert. So I would get out of work, drive up there, see him for like, you know, 30, 40 minutes and drive back down to LA to, to go to sleep. And I was trying to do that as much as I could. 
because of the pandemic, I had to only see my son with a mask on. That was that became a thing. That became a control thing where if I went to go see my son, I could only see him with a mask. And that became another point of battle there, you know, where, oh, well, if you're going to see your son, you can only see him for 40 minutes and it has to be with a mask and no one else can come. And it was a lot of things like that. And shortly right after that, August 5th, 2020, she puts a restraining order on me and claims that I'm a hazard to my son, that I'm, you know, harassing her and her family. And these are alleged things, guys and gals. Based on these alleged things that she said about me, I didn't get to see my son for a whole month until I saw the judge. Because if I would go and I would try to see my son, I would be arrested because of the alleged things she said about me. So I did it. I didn't see my son for a month. And during that month, my son learned how to walk. So I missed my son's first steps because of a restraining order because of allegations, because of allegations. No charges, just allegations, based on allegations. And I just can't wrap my mind around that still. So a month after the restraining order was, was set to, put, to be put, I saw the judge, the judge denied the, the restraining order and gave me my, my custody rights. And the judge granted me 50-50 custody, rightfully so. This was the best time of my life yet with my son, and it's only been four years. During this time, I had my son Thursday to Thursday. It was a 50-50 split, and I had my son in daycare. In the beginning, I had my sister. My sister was taking care of him, and it was, it was the best. My sister and my niece, so my son was growing up with family. I loved that. After I put him in daycare, and when I put him in daycare, I started seeing his development just like skyrocket from one week to the next. It was just a huge difference in, in, in how he was acting and, and he was acclimating. And it was just it was those were the best times. So all of early 2021, February, January, March, I'm going through my Instagram stories and I'm just seeing happy Mateo with family and he's going to daycare and. I would say around May 2021, I had to go back to court because his mother took me to court, got a lawyer. The lawyer had a doctor on retainer. And this is just the best way I can explain it in the fastest way possible without really getting down to the nitty gritty of it. But I was there by myself representing myself. The doctor did not meet my son, did not meet the mother of my son. The doctor basically went up there, said a statement about if you're, if a child is under two years old, they shouldn't be apart from the mother more than three days because of this, 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 big words, big words, big words. Then they look at me and say, Mr. Hernandez, do you have any questions for the doctor? I'm like, she's never met my son. How is she going to say these things? And then they're like, Mr. Hernandez, you have to say it in a question form. I'm like, what? And it was just extremely overwhelming being there so that court date i lost 50 50 custody rights and i was granted every weekends friday afternoon to sunday so if you take anything away from that just get a lawyer get a lawyer because every time 
I mentioned that story. It's just, they, they can't believe it. Everybody always looks at me like, no, there's something else that I'm not saying. And I wish there was. <clears throat> I wish there was to make it more sense, but there isn't. It was just that. There's no nothing. There's no anything that I'm doing. I'm living a healthy lifestyle. I'm I'm doing everything right for my son. And still those type of things can happen. June 15, 2021, on my birthday, I moved into this L.A. apartment that I'm still in now. And all of summer, fall 2021, you know, after losing my custody, it just really, it drove me into like a deep, somewhat of a, you know, I don't, I don't really even like to say it, but it was a depression, I guess, in a way, but I was very down, you know? So I had to really focus on, I started focusing on fitness a lot because I felt like every time I was at the gym, it was just, I was not thinking about anything but just gym. So... I focused heavy, heavy on the gym. And on the last UN Talk episode, I mentioned my weight. So I got to follow up with that again. I'm 166 now. So I am, I think, 10 pounds lighter than I was back then in the UN Talk episode number one. I'm a lot more leaner, a lot more toner, I guess. Whatever. But uh, it's just that I'm focusing heavy on, on working out and I'm building muscle. Remember, I got in an accident, almost died. My left arm was basically a little baby arm. I couldn't do anything with it. I could barely lift two pounds. So now I'm up to like, I, don't, I haven't really looked last time. Last time I checked, I was at 20, 20 pound dumbbell I can do with my left hand. When I couldn't even do a two pound dumbbell, understand, two pounds I couldn't do. I'm at 20 now. So what's up who's the big ape <laughs> all right let me keep going so during all this time i was you know sh i was getting my daily facetime calls with him uh which was good because i was able to establish something with my son every night okay have a good night buddy okay see you i'll talk to you tomorrow things like that co-parenting with the mother was a whole different thing it, it was never consistent there was never no co-parenting. There was always just talking at or it was always just, you know what? I, right now, it's just a one-sided thing. You know, I can say whatever I say. So who knows? You know, I could be lying, right? But believe me, I'm not. Believe me, I'm not. And I just don't, I, I don't want to come across as just kind of like just bitching, you know? But these are just the facts. These are the facts of the story, you know? And sometimes, you know, what is that, that, that thing they say? Truth is, man, I don't know what, what is that saying? Truth is f crazier than fiction. Is that, is that it? Something like that. But I basically haven't been able to establish any type of co-parenting with the mother because the mother thinks that my son is better off without me, period, end of story. And how do you work from that? How do you work from that? September 2022, my son's grandmother passes away. That's a big change, a big shift, because that was a big anchor in that family. She was at every court date against me. She was on the stand against me. She was there for all those things. She was always there. When I lived there, she was always really good to me. She was always very nice. I would love to sit down at the dinner table and talk about everything, you know? 
I had you I had unqualified news. We would talk about the news. We would talk about all t- sort of things. To her credit, I give her that. When they asked her in the stand, if I was ever disrespectful to her daughter, she said no. Because that's true. Because that's true. On October 2022, my son's mom asked me to sign some paperwork to allow Mateo to go to the Philippines. There's no way I'm going to sign that paperwork. Me and her have no established co-parenting relationship whatsoever. My son's whole life, she's been trying to take him away from me. And now you want me to sign some paperwork? That's just crazy to me. And of course I say no. And in retaliation, my FaceTime calls are taken away. So now... I pick up my son Friday, I have him Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Then I drop him off on Sunday and don't hear from my son until I see him again on Friday. I don't know how to have I don't know how to explain that to you if you're not a father or a mother, but just imagine your son going to school and then they don't come home. And you don't know if they're coming home or not, or if they came home or they're gonna, or not. It just, yeah, you, you, yeah, you feel that? January 2023, uh, when I would get my son on Fridays, uh, and kids are just, honestly, kids are so amazing. I love kids so much. They're so beautiful and so innocent. And they just don't, you know, they're just, they don't understand really what's happening. They're just living their little lives and they're just, just so innocent, you know? My son, he'd get in the car on Friday and he'd try to do his little mad act, you know? Like, he tried to, I can see that he's acting, you know? Because he was smiling, he was happy to see me. But once he got in the car, he'd do his little mad act and he'll say, um, he'll say something like, Papa's bad guy. That's me, Papa. And he's like, Papa's not good guy. I'm like, huh? He's like, yeah, Papa's mean. I'm like, baby, I'm, I'm like, me? He's like, yeah. I'm like, who said that? And he's like, he's like, Mama said, Papa's not good guy. Papa's bad. I'm like, baby. I'm like, we're the best team, buddy. And then that's when I started the, we're the best team. Like, that's something that me and my son say all the time. At times when he's feeling low or he's going through like a little mood situation, I always, try, I always like to remind him, we're the best team, buddy. Remember, we're the best team. So my son was now being brainwashed and basically being alienated from me, telling him that I was a bad guy. Telling them that I was not family. I called help. I called social services and explained this to them that this is not okay. I'm not getting my phone calls now. And now when I don't see my son, he's basically being brainwashed to be told that I'm I'm a bad person. So when I get my son on Fridays, it's always a... A little difficult because you have to go through those motions of everything that he's been told about me. 
And then once he gets to be with me for just two, three hours, he notices that everything's a lie. He notices who I really am. He's constantly running up to me saying, I love you, daddy. I love you, daddy. Late February, 2023, February 28th, 2023. I missed the court date. It was a divorce hearing. I I really didn't think much of it. I It was going to be four hours away. I didn't think much of it. I didn't think that not in a million years I could lose my custody in a divorce hearing, you know? I especially since I've never missed a court date. So I didn't go. And later I find out that during that court hearing, I lost custody and visitation. So during the court hearing, the judge finalized the divorce and asked, so what kind of visitations would you like for the father? And the mother said, none. None because he's never been in his life. And the San Bernardino courts didn't do their due diligence where a clerk's supposed to see the orders, the custody orders in place before just saying, okay, here you go, there's none now. Because they can't, the judge can't go over an order without cause. He can't take away my custody just because she said so. So that's where I'm stuck right now. Haven't seen my son in a month and a half. Haven't talked to him. Haven't seen him. And now I have to be patient. I called for an emergency hearing just a couple of days ago and I went. And it was denied. The emergency was denied. The judge said, this is not an emergency. I know you haven't seen your son in a month, but this is not an emergency. I didn't even get to see the judge. The bailiff gave me paperwork. So I'll be in court June 13th, 2023. And I'll get my custody back. I have my son the weekends. In a perfect world, I'll have my son 50-50. I want to raise my son. I want to teach him right from wrong. I want to teach him to be better than me. These most recent events also drove me to seek help. And I found the San Bernardino Fatherhood. It's a, I would say it's a community of fathers. You know, we meet twice a week. And uh, we've been doing it for about two months or so. And I think every single session that we have, people open up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more because we get more trusted with each other. We start trusting each other a little bit more. In the past session, I've opened up the most. You know, that was when I just felt very comfortable and I just, just let it all out, which drove me to also record this episode because I noticed that after I opened up some of the guys that normally wouldn't even talk started talking more and I finally got to listen to their stories and we can learn off each other and a lot of us have and I'm very appreciative of that. This last time I was in court, I felt defeated. I felt defeated, lost, and like it's unfair. I was sitting at the entrance with paperwork in my hand, crying, just 
I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't. I was trying so hard not to, but I couldn't. And I couldn't leave the courthouse because I still had to be there because I had to wait for some paperwork. And some guy came up to me and he patted me on the back. He's like, hang in there, buddy. Hang in there. It's going to be okay. Hang in there, okay? So I just want to say what that random guy said to me, to you. Just hang in there, okay? Hang in there, buddy. Hang in there.